0: on point with craig's investment partners all right good morning everybody before we get begin remember that as always the information provided here is general in nature it's not financial advice it doesn't take into account your situation objectives goals or risk tolerance all investments are subject to risk none are guaranteed so before you make any decisions It is always highly recommended that you talk to an investment advisor and you can find out about uh, about more in terms of our investment advisory services at our website, which is craigsip.com. All right. Always happy to get that out of the way and speak freely. Um, Markets last week, uh, a stellar week for US markets. They were up very strongly. Uh, We had some October inflation figures that came out of the US on Thursday. I think it was and um, they were lower than expected still high but lower than expected and markets responded very positively to that so we had u.s shares rising strongly and bond yields or interest rates are uh, falling uh the s p 500 in the u.s was up 5.9 percent. so that's its best week since late june in the Nasdaq, which is uh, more sensitive to interest rate changes and inflation, uh, and those two things are obviously link- linked together. The Nasdaq has more of the tech stocks, the growth stocks, and when interest rates are going up uh, or inflation's going up, which usually suggests that interest rates will will follow, uh, that index and those types of companies tend to fall harder. Uh, So when you get the opposite happen, as we saw last week, they tend to respond more positively. So the S&P was up 5.9% for the week, but the NASDAQ was up 8.1% for the week, which is uh, stunning, really. And it experienced its strongest two-day rally in the two days following the inflation report since 2008, Um, I think in those two days, it it was up sort of more than 9%. So some big moves in the US, uh, great to see uh, in the context of what we've seen in recent months. So since the October lows, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, this is about four weeks ago, they've rallied uh, 11.6% and 9.7% respectively. So a big a big bounce from those low levels they fell to in October, still down uh, significantly this year. The S&P is still 16.2% lower this year. And the NASDAQ, which is obviously um, uh, more of a high-risk, high-return sort of proposition, is, is still down 27.6%. Uh, percent this year, but uh, some good bounces over the last three or four weeks. Other markets generally responded positively, uh, but not quite as strongly as the U.S. because other markets haven't fallen uh, as much as the U.S. has um, in the wake of the the U.S. Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, cranking interest rates up a bit more aggressively than many. Uh, but still, uh, the European markets were up about 3.7 percent, the U.K. was pretty much unchanged, pretty much sideways. Aussie had a great week. The ASX 200 up 4% and the local NZX 50 up 0.7%. Uh, and I guess the other news that has has dominated a lot of headlines has come in, in the crypto markets. And I'm no expert uh, in, in, in crypto at all, and I don't follow crypto to a large degree, but you, know, you can't help but notice the price moves that we've seen in the wake of this very dramatic collapse of FTX, which is one of the exchanges, and you can read as much as you like about that online. Uh, Plenty of information. It's a long... Long, sad story, actually, uh, for people that sort of will have uh, lost money in in that um, exchange. And I suspect there is quite a few less sophisticated investors who might have um, been suffering all round. But anyway, that's really dragged all cryptocurrencies down. So Bitcoin, which is sort of the post-child, one of the most prominent, it's down nearly 19% in last fortnight. Uh, And compared to the peak that it hit a year ago, it's down 75%. Uh, back at back at levels that it um, last reached in November 2020, so uh, that is that is a cautionary tra- tale for investing in some of those very um, uh, very volatile asset classes like cryptocurrencies. But anyway, back to the markets that we we do take a bigger interest in, and as I said earlier, interest rates fell sharply uh, in the wake of that. Uh, lower than expected inflation report in the U.S. And the reason for that is the inference is, well, the Federal Reserve won't need to be quite as aggressive in the coming months. So because of that, we saw U.S. interest rates fall so the the U.S. two year Treasury yield uh, fell from 4.66 to 4.33. And um, it, it it did also experience its largest daily decline. Um, so this was on the day of their inflation report, which I think was—I um, think it came out on Wednesday US time, Thursday morning our time. Um, but in the wake of that, it experienced its largest daily decline since 2008, which is pretty amazing. Um, the two-year hit. earlier this month, 4.8%, which is the highest since July 07. Now it's back at 4.3. The 10-year Treasury yield, uh, similar moves there. It fell uh, from 4.16 to 3.81, so another big fall. And it also saw a very big um, one-day decline in terms of yields falling. Uh, That was the biggest that we'd seen since March 2020 during the middle of the pandemic. So all of that has seen um, bond prices go up up you know bond prices um, uh, move inversely to uh, yield so when yields go up prices go down and when yields go down like they did last week prices go up so a good week for people in fixed income um, assets Uh, it was a similar story here we had our five-year swap rate which was one of our wholesale rates for 25 basis points so back to 4.58 and uh, that that is um you know, obviously, a good thing for for people in New Zealand that have in, invested in fixed income, and I think the five-year swap rate might have got pretty close to about five point two not so long ago. So it's had a big decline, and people that have uh, invested in fixed income or participated in any new bond issues, or maybe you're in, a, you're in a bond fund. Hopefully, your manager has done that on your behalf. You'll have actually seen some good games just recently, which is is great to see as well. Uh, And we saw similar moves in in currencies, or similarly large moves in currencies, I should say, because that uh, risk-on tone, that more upbeat, optimistic tone, as well as expectations of maybe less aggressive interest rate moves in the US, saw the US dollar, which has been incredibly strong lately, give up some of those gains. So it's still trading at high levels, but not as high as it was, uh, which meant that other currencies fell relative to the... um, to the us dollar so the kiwi for example uh we rose almost three percent uh back to 61 just over 61 us cents which is still quite a bit below the 30-year average 25-year average which is around 66 so we're still trading below long-term averages but that's the highest we've seen in two months um and that came on the back of those same moves so Look, it just shows you how sensitive financial markets are to you know, any good news on the inflation front or bad news for that matter. But they are just sort of hanging off every piece of inflation data that they can get their hands on. So look, how did that look? Um, US inflation for October, the headline CPI increased 0.4% for the month. Uh, expectations were for 0.6, so it doesn't sound like a big difference, but you know it is quite a big difference for for a month. And in terms of the annual inflation rate, it fell back to 7.7. Um, people were expecting it to come in at 7.9; it came in at 7.7. So last month it was at 8.1, and back in June it was at 9.1. So is still very high you know the central banks would rather it be in that sort of two or three or even four range um but it's it's definitely falling falling from where it was it's the lowest since january and and markets definitely took notice of that the core cpi was also softer than expected Uh, the core cpi excludes food and energy um it rose at an annual rate of 6.3%, which is below 6.6% in um, September, and it's back to what we saw in August. So there was declines across the board. We saw um, some really good uh, decline or decelerations, I should say, uh, in rents. So rents are still going up, but not quite as much. And there are some leading indicators out there that I watch that are pointing to rents coming down more sharply in the future. So hopefully that happens. Uh, There was big falls in health insurance prices um, and other durable goods like used cars and furniture and and those sorts of things. So weaker than expected inflation, but certainly not out of the woods yet. We're still at 7.7 in the US, so the Federal Reserve still has some work to do their uh their fed funds rate is four percent at the moment so they've got one more meeting this year it comes in december and they're still expected to hike interest rates by half percent that'll take it to 4.5 and then next year maybe they sort of go close to five you know give or take we'll just have to wait and see but um certainly markets cheered that report and was taken very positively so i think um uh, I think that is a good thing, even if, if it will be a bit of a uh, a slow process to get inflation back to where we need it to be. Uh, the other big event offshore last week was the US midterm elections, and um, these happened on Tuesday, so it sort of was all on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, our time, quite fascinating to watch, very entertaining. Yeah. Um, Results still a little bit unclear. Although I think the big picture view is that the Democrats perform much better than expected. The Republicans were expected to come in and swoop in and easily take the House, go close to taking the Senate, and just you know steal a lot of um, uh, seats off the Democrats. But they just didn't didn't go as well as everyone had expected. The Democrats put up a much bigger fight, and I guess I think people might have underestimated the feeling out there around the the Roe versus Wade. Uh, decision and the abortion stance that many many republicans have taken so that that maybe was a factor that was underestimated but um anyway uh still no not a decisive victory for either side really it's still a little bit up in the air there's still a few parts of the country that are still counting i think the way it will land is that the republicans will have the edge in the house of representatives um, but it won't be a a large majority there, and in the Senate, still very tight, but I suspect the the Democrats might just sort of keep control um, of the Senate. But neither party's in a particularly strong position. I think you still would consider it a divided government, and um, that has historically tended to be friendly for, for share markets and for businesses, because, you know, Let's be honest, um, a lot of the time politicians get in the way by making decisions that aren't particularly good and um, if if they're sort of uh, neutered to a degree in terms of their decision making then markets often like that because it means there's, there's less risk of major shifts in policy. So uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out over the coming days. Here in New Zealand, the key release was the Reserve Bank Survey of Expectations, and and this is a survey they do. They, they survey about thirty odd business leaders, forecasters, people like myself, um, to see what we all think of um, uh, of the outlook and. Uh, it came in pretty much as expected. Uh, short-term expectations for inflation increased a little bit. So out two years, they're sitting at about three point six. That's up from where they three where they were three months earlier, higher since nineteen ninety one. Not a surprise because inflation's really high. But you look out five years, and expectations are for inflation to be two point four, which is a little higher than. Um, last time, and it's definitely getting towards the upper end of that target range. But that still suggests that the market um, and and all the respondents to the survey have faith and confidence in the ability and resolve of the Reserve Bank to get inflation under control. So that's really important. However, at the same time, you know, 2.4 creeping up towards um, the upper end of that range uh they they won't want to you know take the foot off the gas anytime soon they won't want to ease up so we've got our 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 next and final um OCR decision of the year next week and it's also a monetary policy statement that's important because it means we get more forecasts more information which tells us a lot more about where the reserve banks heads at um but in terms of the OCR decision it'll be another hike you know we're at 3.5 so markets are at the moment split sort of 60 40 between a 50 basis point hike and a 75 so you know that's what we'll get your guess as good as mine um we'll either end up at four percent or 4.25 to end the year which will be the highest we've seen since i think 2008 so that'll be a story for next week. We'll talk about that in a week's time. But coming up this week, let's stay local. Dairy prices, um, got another dairy auction on Wednesday morning. And dairy price has been pretty weak lately, down almost 12% over the last three auctions, down almost 20% this year, back to where they were at the beginning of last year. So the Kiwi dollar has softened the blow a little. Um, It's down 10% this year, but its recent strength won't be... Won't be helping those softer uh, agricultural prices that we're seeing across the world. So I think the net effect is still, still one of a slightly weaker backdrop for the Fonterra payouts. So you know whether whether there's any changes looming there or not, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, There were some positive signs that came out of China last week, though. We had policymakers come out and make some quite quite important changes to the COVID zero policy that they've been running with, and that's obviously hurt the economy. It's hurt demand for things like our dairy products, and I, I think that's definitely been weighing on our prices. So as these policy changes hopefully point to a... Uh, a more lenient approach. Um, That could be good, I would hope, for the dairy sector. But um, they're doing things like reducing the quarantine time for people that come in, dropping penalties for airlines that bring in COVID-positive passengers, scaling back some of the mass testing. So it's not game-changing stuff in terms of what they're doing or changing. But I guess the the direction of travel is something we can interpret really positively because they've taken a very draconian view until now. So, if this is early signs of a pivot uh, from Chinese policymakers in Beijing, then that is that is a real positive, not only for the dairy sector but for um, for the world really, because China is still the world's second biggest economy, and it has been its its weakness this year has been really weighing on the outlook. So. You know if you want to take a glass half full view of the world you, you take that u.s inflation data last week that is as weaker than expected and hope hopefully it is a turning of the tide that is going to um uh, make for much less aggressive monetary policy conditions next year or at least they won't get in, in any worse um that's one positive and the other is these looming changes that we're seeing come out of china uh, so that's the the dairy um the dairy auction due early Wednesday morning a day ahead of that on Tuesday we'll get the latest housing market report um for October so just interesting to watch the housing market which has obviously been weakening since November last year lower activity higher days to sell falling prices lots of caution and talk around you know, potentially people ending up in negative equity and so forth. That's when your mortgage is bigger than the value of your house. And it happens, probably will happen to a few people that maybe bought close to that November 2021 peak and didn't have a very large deposit because prices since then nationally are down almost 13%. So, you know, if you bought in November 21 and you only had a 10% deposit, it's probably been wiped out now, which not the end of the world unless you have to sell. And most people don't just, you know, find a way to keep paying the mortgage to keep your job and, um, you know, prices will eventually recover. But uh, I would expect more of the same in terms of um, uh, the housing market when we get that data out Tuesday morning. Remember, The other thing to remember is, um, you know, in the two years leading up to last November, New Zealand house prices were up by, what, 45 48%, which is wild. That's just ridiculously crazy. So even though prices have come off nearly 13%, they're only back at March 2021 levels. So they've really just given back, you know, seven or eight months worth of gains. And they're still, on average, 28% above those pre-COVID levels. So the good news there is, you know, price is still very high. The bad news, I suppose, is they might have further to fall. Or well, that could be good news, depending on sort of your perspective. Um, so that, that's those are the key things out of NZ. Uh, otherwise, the US um, consumer will be in focus. Remember, the consumer is really important, very dominant part of the US economy. We're getting the October retails or sales report um, on Wednesday, and we've also got some earnings releases from some of the real heavyweights, Home Depot, Lowe's, Target, Walmart. So the US consumer is really important because we're heading into that holiday shopping season, uh, and we've got this backdrop of Cost pressures, cost of living increases, um, and we've had a string of interest rate hikes. So, shopping patterns are going to be really important. Um, you know, to hear what what's the CEOs of of Home Depot and Walmart and so forth saying, uh, especially in the context of last week's inflation figures. You know, we want to we want to watch inventory levels. We want ev- we want to see if there's evidence, um, widespread evidence of consumers trading down. That's something that often benefits Walmart because they're cheaper. Um, and any other shifts in behavior. So the US consumer will be uh, in focus. I think that retail sales report is out on Wednesday in the US, so we'll get it on Thursday. Uh, Home Depot and Walmart are both reporting on Tuesday, so we'll hear about those on Wednesday. And um, I think Lowe's and Target are, are Wednesday. Macy's later in the week, too. Uh, China also, as I mentioned, um, some important news came out of China last week, so it'll stay in the headlines again. But we've also got uh, a swag of um, activity indicators coming out tomorrow afternoon, ch- Tuesday afternoon, three o'clock. Um, industrial production, retail sales, fixed asset investment. This will be for the month of October. I expect they'll remain pretty soft. You know, even those of these those positive things that I mentioned earlier those are all sort of ahead of us and we haven't won't have seen any evidence of that yet in the month of October. Um, in contrast, most indicators have been pretty weak. We had that September quarter GDP report that was better than expected but still pretty soft. Um, the activity indicators for September were also pretty soft. Uh, the PMIs we've seen for October, weaker than expected. Manufacturing and services both falling below the break-even level. So, I can't expect anything good to come out of that data set um, on Tuesday afternoon. But look, remember that markets look forward, not backwards, and they will be potentially, you know, more excited about those hope, you know, hope that we're seeing sort of a, the start of change and a stepping away from the COVID-zero policy. So China could still still be positively viewed by financial markets this week. A few important results out of that part of the world too uh, we've got uh, Tencent reporting on Wednesday Alibaba um, which has just been belted over the last couple of years it's gone from sort of $300 a share down to sort of 60 or 70. Um, I think 300 was the high that it reached um that's on Thursday and JD.com on Friday so Uh, US consumer will be in focus and China will be in focus. There's also plenty um, happening on the corporate front in New Zealand and Australia, just to round things out. In New Zealand, a few results. Uh, We've got Infratil's half-year result on Tuesday. Sanford also got a result. Napier Port on Wednesday. Friday will be an interesting one. Uh, My Food Bag um, has got a result. That's another, another stock that hasn't really delivered since listing. It's been in a and a difficult been having a difficult time of it, and management changes as well. New CEO confirmed um, last week, but you know they really need to put some runs on the board in terms of um, delivering on their on their numbers and their growth strategy to really win back market confidence. So that's on Friday, and Ryman Healthcare too, another very high-profile high stock, fantastic business, one of the one of the best we've got. You know, a genuine blue chip, but uh, also been under pressure because of the labor shortages because of uh, the construction sector. You know, they're essentially a big home builder as well um, with the units they build in their villages. They're a developer. Uh, with house prices falling, that's not great news for Ryman. And with uh, interest rates higher, they do carry quite a bit of debt compared to their peers. So that hasn't been friendly to them either. And they've had, uh, they've had their own sort of management changes over the last year or two. So, you know, their price is a little bit depressed. Um Compared to where it has traded at historically, and I think the market will will want to see evidence of um them them delivering uh, despite all those headwinds too. So an interesting week on the New Zealand corporate front across the Tasman uh, Commonwealth Bank, you know, Australia's biggest bank, that's the owner of ASB. They've got their first quarter result. We've seen seen a swag of other sort of bank results um uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Aristocrat Leisure uh, got a result, and then there's a uh, tons of agms agl energy goodman group um that's a really interesting business that's the manager of goodman property trust here in new zealand and they're more of a, a developer sort of a growth entity rather than a landlord a passive landlord but um great business one that i know a lot of new zealanders uh, take an interest in uh, seek sonic healthcare Linlease, lease uh, all got agms too so it's a fairly busy week um, there's plenty on. We will be, will be very interested to see whether markets can stay in the positive mindset that um, prevailed last week, and um, whether whether markets can sort of push higher after sort of the weakness that we've um, that we've seen in the last few months. You know, have we have we reached a tipping point where um, the bulls can take charge sort of in a more sustainable manner? So, time will tell. Um, as always take care enjoy your week and if you want to know more about anything that i've mentioned we have plenty of material um, on companies on uh, economies on different investment strategies on the economic backdrop you know loads of material material that we are happy to share with clients so just touch base with your advisor um and um you know we can we can give you more information about anything that i've mentioned that you think is of interest all right thanks all talk again soon for more insights visit craigsip.com